Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him. He is Zach Kellerman. Zach, we've been waiting since basically week eight of the 2019 season to finally see the demise of Joe Flacco in Denver. All the Broncos fans that have been waiting on pins and needles finally got their wish today as the Broncos waved him with a failed physical designation. I've been waiting for this day, chat since the trade was made. I mean, this should be a national holiday. It, amidst all the bad going around the world right now, all the of the sickness and the sadness, this is such good news in Broncos country. It elated me just to move on from that failed experiment in Joe Flacco, free up about $10 million in salary cap room, get that bad juju out of the locker room, and it's just one more move where it, it crystallizes Drew Locke as the franchise quarterback. We all knew this was coming. It was all inevitable. We've all been warning or... or you know, anticipating Preparing. this move. Yeah, and, and telling people it's going to happen sooner than later. And even though it still happened, even though it's expected, I'm still so happy. So it's a good time in Broncos country right now. I mean, we got the report from we, – we've, we've known for weeks it was only a matter of time, as you said, but we got the report from Cliss earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday the report came out that he would either be traded or released by week's end with Flacco. And we knew there was just – it'd be a cold day and you know what, if uh, the Broncos were able to find a trade partner just because – that contract was so ridiculous. It was an albatross. No one's going right. to take that on for a guy like Joe Flacco. There, there would have been teams that would have considered it if it was Joe Flacco from a year ago. But that tape that he put on uh, display, those eight games as the Broncos starter, the oblivious pocket awareness, lack of, Im- uh, of mobility, <laughs> and just reticence to pull the trigger. I'm sorry. That's, that's like tier two backup quality. At best, which is worth maybe, you know, you saw what Jeff Driscoll got from his deal from the Broncos this week, two years, five million. That's about what Joe Flacco's performance was worth. 
And how about him saying he doesn't want to mentor a young quarterback? He doesn't want to mentor Drew Locke. And there's that gift going around where Locke was all pumped up and celebrating and, and Flacco just walks by and Mosey's on by with no emotion and just lumbering forward. And that was the dichotomy between the Broncos quarterbacks. You have Flacco, this old man, and you have Drew Locke, the young hotshot. I am so happy it's Locke's era now. I am so happy the Broncos don't have to lean on those veteran band-aids anymore like Flacco, Case Keenum. It is really a new day in Broncos country, and this just reinforces that and I'm so happy uh you know we have Locke as a starter well you know what this episode is Broncos country it is the mile high mailbag Zach and I are your football priests each and every week we look forward to offering you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions and we're going to dive into them presently first just really quick couple matters of business guys make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you follow the main account as well, at Mile High Huddle. And then, Zach, we haven't done this for a while, but since we added a couple of new products, I'm just going to really quickly do a share screen to show our awesome audience some of the new additions to the merch store. As you can see here, you've got the regular snapback hat, football priest that you see me wearing that's available but also we added this state of being, they're calling it a dad hat. That's fine. It's mile high huddle. And it's more of, as opposed to this type of hat where it's flat brim snapback, it's more like this type of a hat, right? Where it's more curved bill and, you know, they call it a, a dad hat. But anyway, that's listed. As you can see, hoodies, T-shirts, Zach's got the tank tops, boys, girls, you name it. So when you guys get some time, check that out. It is another simple, easy, organic way to support the Huddle Up podcast and all, go ahead and put the uh, the link to the store in the comment stream. You guys can check that out at your convenience. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's grab Jonathan here, who jumps in as wow. a super chat superstar with a $15 donation. Every day. Thank you so much, Here's Jonathan. the world, John. He says, this may be my last super chat for a bit because they're closing my hotel till the end of April, but mm. still wanted to show my boy some love for the content. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. John, I mean, that's humbling, dude. We appreciate it. We're worried about you. We hope everything goes okay. Our hope is that especially those hit in the hospitality side of things, right. whether it's restaurants, hotels, if you're involved in the airline business like Stu and different people, it's – this is – I mean, it's 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 a anxious moment for everybody, right, Zach? Everyone's on on pins and needles wondering what's yeah. when the other shoe is going to drop, especially our listeners out in Utah who had that – woke up on Wednesday morning to a – 5.7 magnitude earthquake in Salt Lake City. So everyone's on shaky ground, pardon the pun. Okay. And especially those in the hospitality business, though, and that includes hotels, restaurants. Our hearts go out to you, our prayers go out to you. If there's anything Zach and I can do, please reach out, let us know. In the meantime, what we're going to do, Zach, is just keep bringing the content, try and help you guys take your mind off of what's happening, A, and B, keep you up to date on what's going on with the Broncos in real time. Yeah, Chad, for you and I, this is our escape from the coronavirus and all the madness going on. And we want to provide that for our listeners as well. We want it to be an oasis in your week every four days a week, you know, with all this going on. And Jonathan, we, we definitely appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts. But take care of yourself right now. It's look out for number one, you and your family. Make sure you're OK and uh, stay safe out there. We're going to keep bringing you guys the content on the regular each and every day. You're going to have a podcast to look forward to at about the six o'clock hour local time, mountain time. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay smart. If there's anything we can do, reach out to us, let us know. We're yes. happy to help in any way that we possibly can. All right, let's grab this question here from Chewy. He says, did y'all see uh, what he's going to get paid at 30? Oh, wait, I grabbed the wrong one here. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, Slay, talking about Slay? No, I'm not sure what you're talking about, my friend. Chewy, we'll have to circle back to you. I'm not sure what that was. I misread that. All right, let's see what we got here. Holden Adams. These trades will help us and won't count against the compensatory picks next year. Also, if we had Prince of Mukamara since he was cut, he won't count either. That's true that trades, of course, aren't going to count toward the compensatory formula, Zach, which does make those moves by Elway all the more just top shelf. And also, yeah, anytime you sign a street free agent and that's someone who was released from a current contract – uh, like Joe Flacco, for example, he'll be a street free agent, Prince of Mukamara, street free agent. When you sign them, they do not offset any potential uh, losses in the compensatory formula. What I love about the trades, too, is the Broncos are getting those players, including Pro Bowl players like Boye and uh, Jarrell Casey, at their current salary, which is below market value, as opposed to signing a DJ Reader off the open market, and you're paying him what market value is or above market value. So that's why John Elway is as shrewd as they come, and that's why I was warning Broncos country, stay patient, stay patient, don't freak out. There's moves coming, and they got two Pro Bowlers for a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. That is an excellent job and an excellent haul so far going into the draft next month. I mean, especially like with Jarrell Casey, when you realize that the Broncos for a seventh round pick got a guy that's not only a five-time Pro Bowler, but he's been to five consecutive. He's coming off his fifth consecutive Pro Bowl nod. I mean, it's what whatever John Elway did, that silver tongue, talking that GM over there in Tennessee into making that move, he's, he deserves some plaudits for that. Yep. Brian says, if the Denver Broncos get rid of Derek Wolf, who is the next Wolf-type player? And to be honest with you, Chad and Zach, and yes, I do respect you guys for everything you do and go Broncos. 
Well, we appreciate you, brother. Zach, I don't know that the Broncos have another Wolf-like guy currently on the roster. So if Wolf goes, Wolf goes, and you're losing not just what he does on the field, of course, when he's healthy, Zach, but you're also losing that energy, that, uh, you know, also his persona of saying whatever's on his mind doesn't bend the truth, ever tells you as it is, like it is, each and every time. That'll be walking out the door potentially. I mean, Wolf-like in what way, though? His leadership ability, his on-field talent. I mean, the Broncos can replace him production-wise. But, yeah, his locker room presence being that mouthpiece of the defense, that's got to be Justin Simmons now. It, it needs to be the young players stepping up. Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton on offense, Drew Locke, and on defense you have Justin Simmons, A.J. Johnson. It has to be the new guard taking the place of the old veterans that pass and the old veterans that are no longer with the Broncos. So um, if if Wolf doesn't return to Denver, I don't really worry about them replacing or losing his value in that sense, his locker room ability or his trash talking. They will always find a way to replace that, and they have young players who can step into those shoes. Yeah, he's – you know, I don't think Wolf is per se like a – like a raw, raw type leader, like a DeMarcus Ware was, for example. But he did have players in that locker room. When he stood up to say something, people paid attention. He led by example. He led by his conduct out on the field, and he led by his conduct within the locker room. He was a lead by example guy. But honestly, the biggest thing for me with regard to Wolf, Zach, is, again, of all the holdovers that were here when Vic Fangio took the job and, of course, installed that different defensive scheme than what the guys were used to, significantly more complex, a lot more thinking being done, especially in the early stages of the season. Wolf was the one player that just took it and ran with it and was the perfect fit for Fangio's scheme. So I worry and I wonder what the Broncos are really missing out on if they don't, you know, if they look that gift horse in the mouth. And by the way, Edward jumps in, super chat, superstar up there, man, Thank you, Edward. So awesome, Edward. $20 donation. That means a ton to us, my friend. You know that. Edward rejoicing that Flacco is gone and uh, like Broncos country right now, turning the page on what was kind of in, in retrospect, Zach, an embarrassing trade. I mean, look at that, though. All caps, five exclamation points. Like, that's Broncos country is literally elated right now that Flacco was gone. It should just go to show you that he was just a failed experiment that never should have happened. But this day will always live in infamy in a good way for the Broncos amid everything else going on. They finally got rid of that albatross in many ways in Joe Flacco. Ariel jumps in, $5 donation, super chat, superstar. What's up, guys? When Drew Locke slapped Flacco's behind after his first career win, that was the day. Joe was long gone for me. Hashtag exercise my Flacco demons. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I mean, that gif is still going around on social media. And it's, uh, I think it's a nice little snapshot of just what kind of guy Joe Flacco is, or at least how he is toward, how he is toward the guys lower on the depth chart or anyone he perceived to be as a threat. Would have been really easy for him in his peripheral to kind of see Locke coming and put his hand up and go, yeah, buddy. Right. No, I just I'm not gonna reinforce this positivity and what's going on. Got to get that juju, that energy out, and thankfully the Broncos finally pulled the trigger and did just that. From the moment he arrived, Chad, from what he said, he he was just this emotional vampire, just sucking the, the wind and the life out of Denver with his play on the field or his comments off the field. Or it, it would have given nothing for him to just open his hand out and extend to Drew Locke and just say, nice job. It, it would have given nothing to say that. He was on IR. He wasn't going to play again. He was still getting paid. And you and you have your young backup performing well. It's, you're all playing for the same team. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast tonight, it's a dichotomy that showed between Flacco and Drew Locke. And I am so so happy we have a lock under center now for the future 
I mean, could you imagine Joe Flacco on the sidelines rapping, you know, with the cameras <laughs> on him? Like that would be the most awkward thing in the world to uh, to witness. That's Chris, a scary thought. Chris jumps in on YouTube. He says Todd Gurley and Prince of Mukamara next. I wouldn't sleep no. on either as a possibility. Oh I mean, God, we've, we've been getting reports, Zach, for three, four weeks now that the Broncos are looking at the running back market. Could be looking at a starter type to sign and play next to Philip Lindsay as Philip Lindsay 1A and this one 1B, et cetera. Melvin Gordon was a possibility. Jordan Howard was a possibility. Gordon, Gordon's still a possibility. He hasn't been signed as of when we started this podcast. Um, Todd Gurley, though, was just released by the LA Rams. And he's a guy I think would be interested in coming to Denver because he's made it known on social media many years ago that the Denver Broncos were his favorite pro team. And I just don't think, though, Zach, as a as a true bell cow type running back, he's he's great in that regard, but he's not a receiving back. He's not an all-purpose back out of the backfield for Pat Shermer. And so if that's what the Broncos are looking for is a guy who can do all three things, you might need to keep looking past Todd Gurley, as good as he is when he's healthy. Let me just emphasize your point a little more. According to Pro Football Focus, he was the lowest graded receiving running back in the NFL among all running backs with, with at least 25 targets last year. What what purpose would he have in Denver, Chad? He has bad knees. He's a, a two-down kind of running back in that sense. And the Rams just released him two years, less than two full years, after giving him a huge, huge deal. He has chronic knee issues. I just don't see what this would do. I hate this acquisition, potentially. I hate this idea. Like Melvin Gordon, any of these high-priced free agent running backs, you have your young guy in Philip Lindsay. Go draft a pass-catching running back and go to work with that tandem with him and Royce Freeman as well. You don't need Todd Gurley with his bad knees and all the the, the headlines and narratives he's going to bring to the table. I just don't want him in Denver, Chad. I don't like that idea in the least. Yeah, if you're going to add a running back, do so on day three of the draft. Do so through the college free yes. agent ranks. I'm There's with so you. many. However, just just seeing the way this potentially could end up going from the rumors and the buzz of those two running backs, if pushed into a corner, push comes to shove, Zach, Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley for the Denver Broncos, who who would you take? Who would you prefer? I guess Melvin Gordon because he he has working knees. I mean, Todd Gurley is bone on bone. It's chronic knee problems. Why would the Broncos want to bring that in for him to get hurt again? And and he's not going to be cheap either. Even though the, the Rams just cut him, he is not going to come cheap. He's going to be at least $10 million a year, $11 million a year. He's going to be expensive for that one-year rental. And all he's going to do, same thing with Melvin Gordon, is take away touches from Philip Lindsay. He needs to be the guy, the one, not the 1A, the one in this offense. Justin Ansel jumps in on Super Chat. We appreciate you, Justin. Thank you. That means a ton to us, my friend. And uh, let me grab this one. This is true. For those of you who've been listening to the show, when the trade was originally broken as a news story, and this is, I believe, January of 2019 is when we first heard when that this was happening. Um, Zach was not a fan of that move. And I, you know, I was one of those that I was like, well, you know, it's, it's not exactly – awe-inspiring, confidence-inspiring. But I was like, you know, I, I talked myself – I put on the orange-colored glasses and talked myself into, hey, man, in a West Coast offense, we've seen what Flacco can do. Going back to 2012 or whatever – or what was it, 2014 with Gary Kubiak. I'm mixing up the years now. Either way, when he had his career season uh, with Gary Kubiak and maybe they can recapitulate that with Rich Scangarello. And, but it was fool's gold, Zach. You were right on that out of the gates. 
I take no pleasure in being right, though, Chad, because we had to suffer through eight starts of Joe Flacco. This, the, the, we, we can be happy that it's over with. It's in the rearview mirror. And the Broncos, you know, it's a double whammy of a good fortune. Not only they move on from Flacco, they finally had their young franchise quarterback in place. So I'm just happy there's no more Band-Aids, no Keenums, no Flaccos. It's Drew Locke's time. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The patron saint of the Huddle Up podcast himself, <laughs> Stu McPeak, jumping in from the top rope on Super Chat. Bye-bye, yes. Flacco, he says. Thank yep. you, Stu. Thank you, Stu. Appreciate All caps, your, too. your consistent uh, support. You know we love you. And stay safe up in the uh, friendly skies of this great country. Justin, here's his question. Finally got you on YouTube. Thanks, guys. What's the feeling behind Prince Mukamara, Wolf, and or Harris coming back? I think Amukamara, Zach, is still very much in the pipeline. And the farther they get into the second wave of free agency and then the third wave without movement coming, especially on Wolf, I think it bodes well for a potential return. I still think Shelby Harris is going to end up finding more money out there, even as a second wave guy then the Broncos are going to be willing to pay him, and especially in the wake of the Jarrell Casey acquisition because you know, his cap number, Casey, for 2020 is 13 and change, $13 million. So the Broncos can't afford to have two defensive interior guys making upwards of double-digit millions. So, And that still could be, Zach, what, what Harris approaches on the open market. I doubt it now, but it's still a possibility, whereas I think Wolf and Amukamara, they're, they're still in the pipeline for Denver. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think Shelby Harris ultimately will get about $9 million a year, maybe nine point five. whereas the Broncos might be able to get Derek Wolf back at about seven, seven and a half, eight. I think that's a big difference. It might not seem like a lot, but one and a half, two million bucks, the Broncos can have that money to play around with. Uh, to me, Wolf is still more likely to come back. And as I wrote on Twitter, every day that goes by, it increases the odds. His value drops lower. The thing with Amukamara, though, I still think it could happen. It's just a no-brainer, but I feel if the Broncos wanted him by now, Chad, they would have signed him by now. They had about a month. He was cut from the Bears. He had no waiting period. They could have signed him right away. I don't know if it's money, disinterest. I don't know what's going on. They need one more cornerback, and Amukamara fits the bill perfectly. I just feel like they will. They would have signed him by now if they really wanted him. Could be, and it could simply just be that he was asking for more up front coming off a season in which he made about $9 million for the Chicago Bears. He's asking for more up front than they were ever going to be willing to pay. So they're just letting reality sink in a little bit more. Could be an explanation, but I'm with you. I mean, you do have to wonder why, if it's if it hasn't happened up to this point, is it going to happen with Prince and the Broncos? Right. Jordan says, by the way, but guys, it's not Flacco's fault, remember? Harkening back, Zach, to last fall when there were quite a few excuse makers for Flacco wringing their hands over the Broncos 0-4 start, 2-6 and start ultimately with Flacco at the helm, blaming Garrett Bowles, blaming no Jawan James, blaming Elijah Wilkinson and everything in between. But we've been, I mean, from that point on, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I got a lot of flack on, uh, on the articles at milehighhuddle.com from commenters that I was too negative on Flacco. And I think part of that was I did expect more from him. I did expect, I think even – as bad as he was, Zach, I don't think – I think it's fair to say not many people saw him being that bad. I mean – I did. <laughs> that was a massive drop-off, dude. Just from the Flacco that he was the seven games he started in Baltimore the year before to that eight games in Denver, that was a massive drop-off, dude. I can't remember any player in recent Broncos history having more apologists, Chad, than Joe Flacco. I mean, the guy could literally throw four interceptions and fumble and take sacks, and Broncos fans were quick to blame the coaching staff and the players around him. But you know what? Joe should go sign with the Chargers, him and Chris Harris Jr., two guys where it's never their fault. It's never – no accountability, no responsibility. They deserve each other over there in Los Angeles. Christian jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, we'll just see. He's still in the pipeline. Only time will tell on Amukamara, but uh, – probably by the time we do our next podcast, we'll have an answer on, on Prince discount audio and wills DA dub jumps in $5 donation. Appreciate you, DA dub Bye, Flacco. Don't let the door hit you. And Chris Harris, thanks for balling for us for nine years, but can't wait for Sutton or hope <laughs> rugs burns you twice yep. a year. And you know, the Broncos put out a nice statement about Chris Harris jr. Today that I thought was classy, but yeah, it's time to turn the page there. He'll eventually come back as a Ring of Fame inductee down the road, many years down the road, but you're going to see him this fall, all, you know, football gods willing with this freaking coronavirus going against your Broncos uh, twice. Sudden is going to dominate him twice a year, and I cannot wait for that to happen. And and the messed up part for Chris Harris Jr., or the ironic part, he didn't even get $20 million shot on that two-year deal. It was with incentives. It can be a little under $20 million. So he turned down 12 a year from the Broncos. He's making, what is it, nine and change from the yeah. Chargers. He really gambled on himself and lost big time. For that, that's only on him and him only. Stepped over a dollar to pick up a dime, as that's they right. say. Sebastian, appreciate the donation, my friend. That Thank means you. a lot. Steve? We've talked about, uh, thank you for the donation, by the way, Super Chat Superstar Steven. What is happening with Prince? Only time will tell. That's still in the pipeline. And up to this point, all I can tell you is that he's still, I've been told he's still a possibility for the Broncos. James jumps in. 
Appreciate the donation, James. I'm going to be cooking. We'll ask questions as I go. Cool. Absolutely, man. Ask questions. We'll keep an eye out in the comment stream. What are you making? And yeah, Let what are know. you cooking, dog? We got artichokes going in at Clan Jensen's house tonight. So see if you can top artichokes. You ever eaten artichokes, Zach? I have. Yeah, they're pretty good. I was picking some out at the grocery store just a couple of days ago. And a guy's looking at me kind of cockeyed. I'm like, I, I look at him. He goes, what the heck is that? Our artichoke? I said, yeah, you never had an artichoke, Doc? He's like, no, that looks disgusting. I'm like, no, nah, dude. And I told him how to do it. And and I learned him a little bit on artichokes. James jumps in. $5 donation on Super Chat. Thank, Thank you, James. <laughs> Wish we could have traded Flacco to the Patriots. Do you think Elway has some more great trades up his sleeve? Um, you never know with Elway. I mean, Elway's been a trade demon the last freaking two three years he's he's really done a lot more on the trade market as much on the trade market as he's done yeah. arguably in free agency you can't rule it out but i haven't heard anything directly zach i think the next trade's going to come in the draft he's not done yet by any means but he got two pro bowlers i mean he took care of most of his needs going into the draft i think he's done with the main splashes right now you might pick up Derek wolf again or might pick up prince of mukamara but the next trade will come next month in the draft Sleek Trow says, I've heard that the Broncos backup quarterback is Jeff Driscoll. Yes, they signed him uh, Tuesday, two years, five million. What do you think of this? Zach, my opinion on Jeff Driscoll is he's almost the perfect backup for Drew Locke. He's got just enough NFL experience where he can be a resource for Locke in terms of mentorship. You know, it's a far cry from even someone like Flacco in terms of experience, but he started eight, nine games in the league. And he would, he's definitely a fit for the scheme in terms of his skill set. And he's not going to be that threat in any way, shape, or form to Locke standing as the guy. Not that you have to worry about Locke's, you know, ego being super sensitive, but still there's, there's going to be no question who the guy is in that locker room. Perfectly said, Chad. What I like about him was what I wrote on Twitter. He's experienced but nondescript. He's just an average backup quarterback who's been hanging around the league. He's had some starts. He's a little better version of a Brandon Allen, and that's what I wanted the Broncos to have behind Drew Locke. No one that's going to take away reps from him. No one's going to cause a quarterback controversy or a competition. And also, as a bonus, he has a little wiggle in his game, Chad. He can run a little bit, too. He's a dual-threat guy in that sense. So uh, It's obvious what Pat Schirmer likes in his offense. They have two mobile quarterbacks now, as opposed to having having Drew Locke and a literal statue in Joe Flacco. Jordan, that's so cool, man. You and James. I mean, uh, to me, it's extremely gratifying to hear how the podcast gets weaved into everybody's lives. Some yeah. people listen at the gym. Some people listen in the kitchen. You know, when it's not bad weather, depending on where you're at in the world or in the country, because you know Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's wherever you are. It's a state of being. But whatever you're doing, cooking, I mean, I often listen to podcasts while I'm cooking, so it's cool to know how you guys weave the show into your life. It may, it means a lot to us. Amaro jumps in with a Thank $20 you. donation. Thank you, Amaro. Means a lot. Yo, you guys, mind giving grades to all the new signings, trades, etc.? Yes, even Driscoll. FYI, my daughter's grandparents are both coronavirus hospital, mm-hmm. hospitalized folks. This stuff is for reals. Stay safe and be smart. Love you guys. Sorry we to hear that. You, my friend. Hope hope they uh, make it out of there okay. Yes. Prayers up. Zach, let's run through this rapid fire, okay? I'm going to yeah. serve this up to you. AJ Bouye, grade it. B plus. Broncos gave up a fourth round pick. I'm going to give it a B. Graham Glasgow. Uh, B plus. I like the move. I think it's a little pricey, but I like the move. I'm giving it a B as well. Jeff Driscoll. Uh, B. 
solid, unspectacular, and I think it's what the Broncos were looking for in a backup quarterback. Agreed. Jarrell Casey. A. That's easy. A. Five-time Pro Bowler. Durable as they come. Underrated. Can push the pocket. Can stop the run for a seventh-round pick. That's a steal. A. A plus even at that. I've changed my tune on that one a little bit. Not that I ever panned the Casey uh, trade at all, of course. I mean, I've, I've, it's been a great trade from the get-go, but the more I've marinated on it, the more I've studied Casey as a player, I'm up there A-plus on Jarrell Casey. Andy Janovich getting dealt to the Cleveland Browns for a seventh-round pick next year. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say C-plus. I, I, I know he's not going to have a role in the offense yet. I know it's going the way of the Dodo Bird and Pat Shermer scheme especially. He's just so valuable in the locker room, so good on special teams, good you know, good player to have. You always need those, you know, 22 Janos. That's what you always want on your team. Just look what Brock Olivo said. So if it was a trade this year, I'd give it a higher grade. But for next year, I think you could have got a little more value for someone who's a, a multifaceted fullback. I think that's fair. Devontae Bosby. Getting re-signed, one-year deal. A, I mean, they got him at a lower rate than they would have tendered him. He's a starting caliber cornerback, thrived in Fangio's scheme. I love it. They took a risk not tendering him, and it's paid off in spades. I agree. Joe Jones getting re-signed, the special teams maven of sorts and backup linebacker. I know it's your boy, Chad, so I know you probably have a higher grade than I do. I'm going to be minus. Good guy to have on defense, on specials, not anyone that's going to win any Super Bowls anytime soon. So be, be, be minus for me. Two more. Elijah Wilkinson getting RFA tendered, making $3.25 million this year. If he's your starting guard for $3.25 million at right guard, that's I'm going to say B+. I'm not wild about him as a starter, but he you could do a lot worse, and that's his natural spot at guard. So B+, for me. I mean, seeing what the going rate is for even the most – average starting right guards right now when they go out on the open market i'm going to give it an a getting him in there 3.25 million mike purcell same tender 3.25 million rfa i mean dj reader got what was it 14 a year or 15 a year and he was a nose tackle so and he was the highest graded run defender i believe according to pro football focus in the nfl mike purcell last year getting him at that rate i mean in fangio's scheme a a minus i'll change it up it's absolutely an A. Absolutely an A. So hopefully, A. Morrow, that does it for you, my friend. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Man, it just did another one of those jumps. I hope I didn't skip anybody. If it did, I'll go find it on YouTube. Uh, let's grab Colin here real quick. He says, Deontay Spencer should be wide receiver too. He's understated and a perfect compliment to Sutton. You know, and thank you for the donation, Colin. Yes, that means a lot. You. We wondered last year why he wasn't getting more looks in the wake of the Emmanuel Sanders trade, especially when you weren't seeing uh, a whole lot from Tim Patrick until, what was it, the Vikings game. And Deshaun Hamilton didn't show up to play until Drew Locke took over. We were wondering why Deontay Spencer wasn't getting more of a look. He's just been viewed as a, as a gadget guy, but he does have some of that speed that you, the Broncos are apparently hell-bent to, to bring to the table. You can't have ever have too many weapons, especially for a, a young gunslinging quarterback like Drew Locke. But if he was going to be the wide receiver too, the Broncos would have given him more looks last year. And it's the same coaching staff for the most part. I can't blame Scangarello. Uh, he's just not that future guy. It needs to be a Henry Ruggs or a C.D. Lamb or anyone in the draft. It's not Deontay Spencer. Okay, let me see here. Angela jumps in. Up in Canada, $14 donation on Thank Super you. Chat. Thank Appreciate you, Angela. You. Great article on the cap at MHH. Where are we end of the day today? So based on the research that Bob Morris has done, our capologist at MHH, and again, he does impeccable research before he publishes anything. To the best of our knowledge, and this includes the cap that was freed up by releasing Joe Flacco, the Broncos are sitting right around $23 million in cap right now. However, you got to earmark $9.9 million, so let's just say $10 million of that, Zach, for your draft class in a month and a half's time. So in real dollars, I mean, there's different things that they can do, but I would say you got about $15 million to work with right now. And the rainy day, rainy day money as well, Chad, for a contract extension, for an injury to sign an in, you know a replacement player, you have to have some money set aside. You know, if it was me though, I'd cut Jeff Hyreman today and pick up another four mil. I mean, that's just what I would do. There's ways the Broncos can finesse more money out of the salary cap, but right now they have to kind of think about pumping the bricks just a little bit. Okay, guys, I'm gonna read off these super chats that the comment stream just jumped past. And thank you guys, each and every one of you. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the show like you do. Of course, Christy jumped in, as always, so consistent, so outgoing in her support of the show and such a passionate Broncos fan. She says, hope you guys are doing good. I'm just happy Flacco is flying, and <laughs> Zach, indeed, he is flying the coop. Thank God. It's it's a, a long time coming. It's a very good day in Broncos country. Flippant Booch also jumped in with a donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Flippant. Thank you. His comment is, uh, collaborate with Perna and Will for the culture. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is most of you who are OGs on MHH, you know this. I used to do a podcast with Brandon Perna. Brandon Perna used to work at Mile High Huddle. We partnered up when I first started MHH back in 2014, early halfway through the year, the actual calendar year of 2014. So Brandon was uh, on staff at MHH for about two years. And then Will came on staff not much longer after Brandon left. And Will was one of my right-hand guys, helped me cover news. We did uh, – he was one of the co-hosts, as many of you know. He was actually the co-host before Zach. 
Will departed, went to work with Brandon exclusively over at That's Good Sports. And that's when the perfect timing, it worked out for Zach and I to join forces. But we love those guys. And maybe, who knows, someday the football gods will put us together and we'll do a collaboration, Zach. Nice crossover episode for the for Broncos fans. It'd be interesting for sure. Joseph, some, <clears throat> jo, excuse me, Joseph Semadeni jumps in. Appreciate you, brother. For, uh, $15 donation. Wow, thank, thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks a lot. He says, how would Clay Matthews fit in our scheme? And when can we expect our next signing? Checking in again from North Dakota, hashtag Broncos country. And I'm going to add a hashtag there, Joseph, state of being. Clay Matthews, uh, you know, I think you could do worse, Zach, in terms of finding a depth rush linebacker. But he, I doubt he's uh, looking to come to a place like Denver where he's for sure the number three guy to take the field. Again, who you're going to ask to sit if you if you want to play Clay Matthews? You're right. going to ask Vaughn to sit or you're going to ask Chubb to sit? I, I don't get it. They have young backup rushers. They have Malik Reed. They have Justin Hollins. They can sign a tattoo back for what would way less than what Matthews would bring to the table. At 34, I don't want to spend money on a backup. This is the, I don't want a backup at receiver. I don't want a backup at running back. That money should go to younger players and players that deserve it. Clay Matthews, he doesn't probably want to come to Denver for the same reasons Chad just laid out. I don't want him to come there. He offers nothing that Vaughn or Chubb can't do already. Amen to that. And Joseph, what you're asking about when we can expect the next signing. I mean, you're right in the pocket. You're right in the window right now where anything can drop at any given second. The Broncos are still, I checked in with a few people today. They're still actively working the market, looking for those second wave to third wave value signings, and they will come. Again, thanks, Joseph, for the donation. Glenn Hauser also jumped in and it skipped him, so we can't vault your, your card, your Super Chat card. Apologies on that. Sometimes that's just the way it goes, but we thank you for the donation. He says, how disrespected do you think Lindsay is feeling right now? Hashtag state of being in New Hampshire. Appreciate you, Glenn. Wow. What's your answer for him, Zach? I, he thrived off disrespect. You're talking about an undrafted free agent who was the sixth string running back in training campus rookie year, and he battles his way up the depth chart, and now he's the player that he is. So having a chip on his shoulder is so familiar for Philip Lindsay. And if, if Gurley would be brought in or Melvin Gordon or any other veteran running back, he would find a way to overcome that. He would use that as motivation, and it would make him a better player. I'm not worried about Lindsey. I'm just worried about what the lack of touches would do to Lindsey's production. All right, let's grab Nad Ludlow. Appreciate you jumping in on Super Chat. He says, great show, guys. Much appreciation from Pennsylvania, DB for life. And then Justin Ansel also jumped back in. And that brings us current to – Colin, and then, of course, let me make sure on that. Angela. Okay, so we're we're current there. Let's see what else we got here. Um, bear with us here, guys. Jordan says, what happened with Chris Harris Jr. is going to happen with Melvin Gordon. He had an offer for $10 million a year from the Chargers, and he's probably going to make significantly less now. For sure, he's not making $10 million, Zach. He's not getting that from Denver. I know that for sure. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's going to come in a little lower than that. No way, 10 is the number. Drew jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Drew. One Thank of you. our superstars, longtime listener of the show, $10 donation. Thank you, brother. He says, at work right now, had to jump in to show some love. Hey, man, if we can help work pass a little bit faster, we are happy to do it. Thanks for joining us, my yeah, brother. Appreciate you. Um, let's see what Liberal Hater has to say. Is it ego that Harris Jr. didn't sign with us? I don't get it. He could have played slot. I'm all good with Bosby. Yeah, it's ego. That's, yep. I mean, you know, listen, you can't fault these players for wanting to capitalize 
on the finite window of time they have to earn as much money in this league as they possibly can. But there were some other forces at work here, man. And it came down to, I think, an unfortunate, he was a casualty of his own ego. John Elway, I'm telling you guys, even though Harris doesn't portray it this way in the, in the media, John Elway bent over backward to try and placate him last year. And then also get him extended on a deal that we've, we now see in hindsight would have been actually way over market value. And so it it just really did come down to ego. Unfortunately, Zach, the way that unfolded ego and pride. And it's the same thing he was doing. Chris Harris jr. Last season is blaming everyone else and pointing the finger at everyone else and not taking accountability. The Broncos were more than fair to Chris Harris jr. They did not have to give him a bump in salary last year. They did not have to give him a new contract offer for 36 over three years. They took care of him as best they could. No one forced him to sign his last deal either back in 2014, whatever it was. No one forced him to do that. He did that. He also gambled on himself this period, this offseason, recently, and he lost massively. That's right. Eric jumps in on YouTube. He says, Chris Harris's interview today said he couldn't wait to share our defense with the Chargers. He's out to try and rub it in our faces. Yes, he thanked the fans in the org, but he's bitter for sure. And, guys, that's one of the reasons why you often see free agents depart to – and and the, the, the teams that are the most in on them as a market, interested suitors, are AF or, you know, divisional uh, rivals because <clears throat> what they're getting is not just the player, but the player's knowledge of their enemy. And that's something that Harris is going to be able to oblige with the Chargers. Ron Dub jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Appreciate Ron. you, bro. He says, Hey, guys, did you see the Slay contract? I'm glad we didn't sign him. Bouye will be nice in this defense, and we should sign a good value wide out like Taylor Gabriel and pick one up round one. Hashtag rugs in Denver. Zach, I think it was actually I didn't see. I'll be I'm lying now. I didn't see Slays. For a second, I was it no, I don't I don't remember seeing that article. About his contract? Mm-hmm. He is the highest paid quarter in the NFL in the NFL now. He he surpassed by I think it's 16.7 a year. And that's why Chad and I were saying don't hold your breath on Darius Slay. You don't want to give up the capital to acquire him and then a massive record-setting contract. To me, he's not worth that. Byron Jones was worth that and even that was expensive for him. Darius Slay at his age with his production and his limitations, 16.7, it's way too much. That's approaching franchise quarterback money. No way. Amen to that. Terry Randall jumps in from the Great White North up in Canada. $5 donation. Thank One you, of our Terry. Super Chat superstars. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you, Terry. Can't think of anything. Just keep it rocking. Love you all. Broncos country. Peace. Maybe who's left at D-line. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. Zach, there are some options out there. Let me pull up this article real quick while we're on the subject. Uh, there are some options out there for the Broncos. I know Eric Trickles checked in with a few people to see, um, you know, who are some of these D linemen out there on the market the Broncos could show an interest in. And we published an article on that very topic today. Let me grab some of these names here. So besides Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris, the three names we keep getting back are Timmy Jernigan, Mike Daniels as a possibility, and Jihad Ward. So if the Broncos want to make an outside addition, there are a few options still out there. I don't think Ndamukong Sue is one of them, guys. I'm, you know, I know a lot of you are asking about him, but I don't think he's a guy that the Broncos are looking to bring into their culture. I'm still looking at, at this list. If you guys see the article, uh, milehighhuddle.com, I'm still thinking Derek Wolf's the most likely of these five names to end up in Denver. 
And no Jadevian Clown either. He's not coming to Denver. I know some Broncos fans are wondering about that. He wants $20 million. It's not going to happen. Among the picked-over market, Derek Wolf or Shelby Harris is the best option for Denver, and that's why I think as time goes on increasingly, the odds go up with them coming back to Denver for a couple more seasons at the minimum. Dude, it's crazy. We've already been on for 39 minutes. It doesn't Flies. feel like that to me. It feels like we've been on for five minutes. Yeah. Man, you guys make time fly. Edward jumps back in off the top rope. Man, Edward, wow. that appreciate you, bro. That means Thank you so, so much. much. So ready for next season. Let's go lock. The AFC West is going to be the best division next year. You guys rock. Keep up the good work. Denver Broncos for life. I agree, man. I'm so excited to see what the future holds. That's why this coronavirus BS can just go jump in the lake, Zach. Yeah, it's they're going to – if the game is played next year, if the Broncos have a season to be played, they're going to have a very explosive offense. And for once, Broncos fans are going to have fun watching a Denver offense. It's going to be exciting. I honestly do think it'll happen. I think worst case scenario, worst case scenario is <clears throat> the NFL season. Remember, the NFL was the last of the dominoes in the sports world to cancel anything or make any kind of changes. They waited and let all everyone else make their decisions. And I think they'll also be the last ones to make any kind of change to their traditional schedule. So I think hopefully within a month's time, this whole thing gets burned out and we can move on to living life again in the United States. And that trickles down and bodes well, hopefully for the NFL. Adam jumps in super chat, $5 donation. Thank you. Adam. Adam. Is there any real interest from other teams from Wolf? Love the show. Been listening from the beginning. Appreciate you, Adam. Long time listener. Um, there's definitely interest in Wolf, but the catch and one of the things that's real, I mean, you want to talk about being cursed by the coronavirus, his inability to travel right now and go get his various injury points examined by a, a team medical doctor and in a physical, that is significantly holding back his market. Uh, Derek Wolf, that is that. And considering what he's tweeting, Chad, about proving people wrong, he's, it, it, it seems to me he's not getting the offers that he would expect. And I think he brought that to Denver. He wanted more money they were willing to offer him. Not a lot of interest out there for a perpetually injured 30-year-old defensive lineman. That's why I'm saying every day that goes by, his odds of returning to Denver increase. And I think ultimately it'll happen. There is some interest in Wolf, but it's nowhere near probably what he was expecting it to be. Christy jumps back in <clears throat> on Super Chat. Another Thank donation. You, Thank you, Christy. The Hope you all have a nice night. You as well. You as well. Yes. Much love to you and yours. Appreciate you. James, Zach, I get that. Excuse me. Zach, I get that. Don't want a, a veteran receiver, but you do. But do you? Jeez, listen to me. It sounds like I'm having a stroke here. <laughs> Zach, I get that you don't want a veteran receiver, but what do you think of Philip Dorsett? Never made more than $1.5 million. Limited production, but wicked speed in keeping with Elway's MO too, fills holes. I I guess he's not going to settle for a million and a half on the open market. You're going to have to pay five or six million. And if he has one job, that's to run really fast. You want to devote that money to a guy who has a limited toolkit, tool chest. I wouldn't do it. Just get a Henry Rugg, CD Lamb. They're complete receivers. Kill two birds with one stone. That's just the route I would go. That's just my personal preference. James jumps back in here, have some money, he says, and I'm making enchiladas. And, yes, I've had artichokes. I love them with garlic butter. I'm waiting on Prince with fingers crossed. You know what's weird? When my wife and I uh, got together and the first time I made artichokes, I do it the same way, James. Butter, garlic, dip it in there, bomb. It's the bomb. My wife, though, she dips those little leaves, whatever, the petals, whatever, of the artichoke <laughs> into mayo. What? Too much for me. Too much mayo. for me. Yeah. Tomato. Interesting. Yes. 
And she converted my daughter. That's why my daughter eats them now, too. To me, it's, I tried it. I gave it a whirl, but ugh, you can't even taste the artichoke. Duke, our friend, jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Duke. Thank you, Duke. means a lot. Says, uh, what's up, my dog? Sitting in the living room with a bunch of us Broncos fans watching on the big screen TV from Oklahoma. Ah, awesome. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Appreciate yeah. each and every one of you. Welcome in. Thank you for what's spreading up? the word to all your friends. And yep. that's just organic way to help the show, and you're doing it. We appreciate you, my friend. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's grab some non-super chats. Rod TV. Now that we got Jarrell Casey and all the linebackers are gone and free agency, I think we should trade up to get Isaiah Simmons and get a wideout in the second or third round. Just makes sense. Your thought. To me, Zach, that would all come down to what the cost is. Right. Now you've got three third round picks currently, a second and a first. So five picks in the top 100. If it was only like if he fell to like the top 10, let's say he fell toward the 10 range and all it took was a third round pick to move up and grab Isaiah Simmons. I'm doing that all day, twice on Sunday. But if it involved giving up a next year first rounder and a third rounder this year, it just gets too rich for my blood. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, depending on where they have to trade up to get him, though. I mean, it, if you want to receive him the second or third round, you might have to give up a second or third round pick to move up for Simmons. So ultimately, I don't think it's too realistic. He's going to probably go in the top. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Seven or eight picks, and the Broncos just have too many holes to fill to trade up for a linebacker. As good as he is, he's not a franchise quarterback. You don't mortgage the future or sell the farm for that guy. I just think they're going to hold uh, where they are at 15. Appreciate you, Shane. Flippant still hitting on the uh, teaming up with the That's Good Sports guys. Maybe someday. I'll, I'll hit up Brent. I'll text him and see if we can't work something out here. Peyton. Hey, Zach and Chad, do you think that Logan Ryan would still be a possibility? Yes, he's still out there. He's still on the market. 
although I do think he'll end up commanding a bit more than the Broncos yeah. are going to be willing to pay. However, you could do a lot worse for a slot corner than Logan Ryan, and he can also play outside. I think it's still a possibility, just a slim one, Zach. Well, he said he wants to make at least what he made in Tennessee last year, which was $10 million, and the Broncos are not going to pay another 10 for another cornerback. They just they need another guy, but Mukamara would be about 7 or 8 or 6 or so. That's a better option for Denver. They can't afford to allocate that much money at one spot. Larry, I haven't heard any other team specifically. I'm sure there are teams that have shown interest in Mukamara, but Zach, I haven't heard or been told from anybody a specific team. But if I do, we'll uh, we'll let you know. We'll tweet it out. Or as you know, you can always DM us on uh, social media and we will respond. Which is kind of an indictment as well, Chad. If no other team is showing interest in them, it's not just the Broncos. So maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's a medical issue and they can't take physicals right now. So more will come out. Cody has has been extremely persistent with this question in the comment stream. Let's tackle it. How about trading a third for J.J. Watt? You can never put anything past old Bill O'Brien. That has been proven. However, I think even that would be pushing the boundaries of the plausible for uh, the Denver Broncos. I can't believe I'm even entertaining this right now. I mean, even if they traded for a third-round pick, you have to take on his contract, and you're still paying Von Miller. You're going to have to pay Bradley Chubb down the road. It's just not feasible. As as good as he would be, it's just even for a third-round pick, even with Bill O'Brien calling the shots, not going to happen. All right, Nick, we'll give you some love on this mock draft. And for what it's worth, you guys, I don't often respond when you guys tag me on social media with your mock drafts. I get burnt out on it. I see him so much. It's no offense to you guys. I think it's great. Everyone do a mock draft, do as much as you like, especially where we're all freaking cooped up in our houses right now. Whatever helps you get through it by all means. If But if you don't see me jumping on it, it's just because I get burned out on those really quick. But he says, been doing mock drafts all week on the Draft Network and just had my favorite one. I'd be thrilled if the draft played out like this. Zach, uh, Javon Kinlaw in the first, Jalen Rager in the second, third round, the linebacker Willie Gay, the center, Tyler Biotish, the wideout, K.J. Hill, followed by Michael Ojemudia. Ojemudia? I don't know how you pronounce that. What are your thoughts, Zach? I like it. I just don't think it's uh, – Rieger's going to be there at second round. I don't think the lineman's going to be there at the fourth round. I mean, that would be a great haul. I have no problem with Kinlaw in the first round, but is he going to be there at 15? There's too many variables to answer this question, but overall, though, I like the haul. I would not mind it at all. Dennis jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Dennis. Thank Thank you, you, man. Listening from Middletown, Ohio. Hashtag state of being, baby. Justin jumps in. The man whom we all know bleeds Broncos. Appreciate you, Justin. He says, I don't know if you got my other super chat, walking my Husky. Oh, I'll double check that, my friend. Uh, But Gurley wants to go to Atlanta or Miami. Don't worry, Zach. Hello. (laughs) Got my hoodie. Whoop, whoop. Right on, dude. You got to send us a uh, selfie and we will vault that. Let me see, Justin. Oh, yeah, I do see that. He said, don't worry. Zach Gurley already said Miami for Atlanta. Thanks, Justin. That means the world to us, man. Your support, that's awesome. Send us a selfie uh, with that hoodie, and uh, we will absolutely vault it and show you some love. But, yeah, Zach, I don't think fans have to really worry too much about Gurley landing in Denver. I don't think so either. But, Justin, let us know how you like the hoodie as well. I like mine very well made. It's uh, Let us know. Zach Lee Butler jumps in. $4. Appreciate you, brother. He says, why are the Broncos ignoring the coverage linebacker? Well, I don't think it's so much – well, I, guess, I think they've, they expressed interest in linebackers, okay? But when the price got out of control, they're just not in a position where they really feel like they need to be desperate at linebacker because 
Todd Davis is a very competent linebacker, and Alexander Johnson emerged. So they feel like if they had to play football today, they can get by just fine at linebacker. You got Josie Jewell waiting in the wings. I mean, that's pretty solid three-man rotation, and I get that coverage isn't the forte of any one of those three, so you do need to bring somebody in. But to the Broncos, the reason you're not seeing them go spend through the nose is they just don't see it as a Category 5 gaping holes at. Yeah, and you know what? Three down linebackers who can do it all, sideline to sideline guys like Navarro Bowman in his prime or Patrick Willis, they're so hard to find. And that's why the Showberts and the Corey Littletons are getting overpaid on the open market. They're just a very, very premium position. With Vic Fangio, though, they can make up for that talent efficiency, even with Todd Davis. They have one guy in A.J. Johnson. They'll draft another guy. They have Josie Jewell. The sum of all their parts, they can get by with an inside linebacker. Jeff Cohen jumps in. $3 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Thank Jeff. You. He says, please no Gurley or Cooks. Hashtag football priest. So he's not feeling uh, the Brandon Cooks thing either, Zach. Your thoughts? It's the same. You're taking on his contract. He's had injury concerns. Why would you want to pay that much when you can draft a Rugs, draft a Lamb, draft whoever at a fraction of the cost for peanuts on the dollar? I just don't understand the point in, in, in dumping that much money into a retread wide receiver, especially one like Brandon Cooks, who's kind of one-dimensional. Oscar jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Oscar. That means the world to Thank us. You. It's good to see you. He says, if in the draft, what middle linebackers do you guys like? I'll give you a name to go check out when you get some time. Go on to YouTube, watch. There's not a ton of film of him, but there is some. And that's Akeem, uh, what is it, Akeem Gate, the Appalachian State kid. What's his name? I always botch it, dude. Appalachian State linebacker. Let's see, hold on. Akeem Gaither, what is it? Eric's eating his heart out right now because that's his boy. Gaither, linebacker. Bear with me, guys. I'm sitting here making a recommendation. Akeem Davis Gaither, Judas Priest. Thank you, Google. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on that is slowly rising up draft boards. He went before the combine, the senior bowl and all that. He was kind of viewed as a late round potential college free agent caliber prospect to, it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, to see his name get called on day two of this draft. And you're looking for that utility guy. He's kind of a Isaiah Simmons light in terms of he can play linebacker. He can play a little DB, like he can play in the box, do just enough to cover as a linebacker or as a safety. He's a guy I really like. And then there's the obvious guys that are high up in the draft uh, in terms of uh, the Oklahoma kid. Geez, I'm having a hard time with names. Is it Norman? No, what's his name? Kenneth. Kenneth. Oh, it's Murray. Murray, thank you. Uh, and then Queen from LSU. So there are some options, Zach, but I like I like Davis Gaither. I do too. That's the route I would go. I would wait a little longer. It's not a dire need. You don't take an inside linebacker over a receiver or offensive tackle. They have other big, big, bigger and, and more important fish to fry. But on the second day, third round, fourth round, whatever, I have no problem with ADG. I also like that Logan Wilson up in Wyoming. You know, we got you, we introduced you guys last night on uh, yesterday's pod to Luke Patterson, who went up to the Wyoming Pro Day and got an up-close look. And the things I heard back from Luke from that day, I like the idea of possibly even Luke Wilson, um, possibly round three. But if you can get him in round four like you did Josie Jewell, even better. All right, let's see what else we got here, guys, as we start winding it down. Uh, bear with us here. DJ wants to know, if Sutton is the Broncos' number one, why would you waste a first overall pick for a number two? Broncos need to go corner or linebacker with three. I don't know what you mean by three, but 
that's what we've been trying to tell you, Doc. That's what we've been trying to tell our listeners. I have anyway. Um, maybe Zach, not quite as stringently as, as myself, but I'm not down for the Broncos. And it, it's mostly just because of the deep wide receiver class. I would rather the Broncos get a non-wide receiver blue chip guy in the first round, but I'm just also knowing which way the wind's blowing. It's probably going to be a wide out. I mean, either way, though, whether it's a tackle like a Werfs or, you know, or Becton or a, a wide receiver like Ruggs or Lamb, it's a win-win for Denver. They need both those spots desperately to be filled, and, and they're going to come away at 15 or wherever they pick in the first round, filling one of those holes. Dan says, do you guys see us playing an East Coast game, London game, and then the bye? Can't wait for the schedule release next month. Dan, that my understanding is that was one of the um, stipulations for the Broncos accepting that game is – Fangio wanted it the week prior to be an East Coast trip, so they play on the East Coast, and then instead of coming home, they jump from that point across the pond to London, and then they play that game against the Falcons, and then they come home to their bye. So then they get two weeks off. That's my understanding. I'll be stunned, Zach, if it doesn't shake out that way on the schedule. And like I've been saying, I hope that's toward the middle of the season or at the at the latter part of the season. I don't want that London game to be like week four or week five to have the bye that early and then have the Broncos to play 11, 12 games in a row. So hopefully the way it's scheduled, we don't know until the schedule comes out that night what it's going to be like, but hopefully it's more staggered in the middle of the year. Yeah, Glenn's saying, bite your tongue if they have a season. I agree. <sighs> We we can't put that bad juju out there, right? We no, can't. That's right. No no self shame on me, Chad. <laughs> shame on me too. Hey guys, we're just worried, right? We're just this is so weird, and we all cherish football so much that that's I mean that's one thing that that we all look forward to each and every year. For me, you know, as a kid, you're you can't wait for Christmas. You know, that's the your birthday. These special days. I think for most of us, that feeling as adults for us yeah. is the football season. I, I still get that feeling every September in the regular season opener. It's it's so exciting and just it being fall, it, it coincides with that. I just football has always been my life, Chad, and you you as well too. So we have to just keep uh, positive vibes going. I mean, that's the whole reason I ended up in this business, guys. Doing what right. I, what Same. I do is I was a very passionate fan of the game, fan of the Broncos, and I started just putting my thoughts out there on the internet. wasn't getting paid a nickel developed a little following. One thing led to another. I eventually had the opportunity to start milehighhuddle.com and here we are. The rest is history. It's all passion. That's why we just don't want uh, to see anything happen to the NFL season. Adam's saying he's he's artichoke mayo guy too. Just weird. You, you and my wife like the mayo. I don't know. Chewy. Kevin Johnson signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Browns for $3.5 million with up to $6 million in incentives. Thank you for the update. I hadn't seen that yet. So that removes Kevin Johnson, who the Broncos, Zach, had been rumored to have an interest in. Ex-Texans first-round pick, by the way. Yeah, that's a great steal. That's a great value for him. I like that a lot, but I just I, – I wasn't that crazy about him. I'd rather have a Mukamara, but we'll have to see what direction they go. Uh-oh. I don't know if Broncos country can take this question. Miller 707 champ. Would you trade Vaughn and a couple of picks for the second pick, and you also get Chase Young? I love Vaughn, but it would be tempting. That would be tempting. I mean, here I am talking about looking gift horses in the mouth and whatnot. Far be it from me. That would be tempting. I don't know if I would do it, though. I don't know if I would do it. It would really have to be a push-come-to-shove scenario. I want to see Vaughn one more year in this defense, Zach, before I really would entertain the notion of moving on from him in any way, shape, or form, even for such great value like that. 
And I think he's going to bounce back this year with a, a Vaughn-type season. I think that was just a weird outlier for Vaughn to have a down year with him putting on weight and having that knee injury. I think you're going to see the Vaughn of old come out and retake that torch back from Bradley Chubb that he passed in 2018. Gennaro jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. When do you think sports in general will be back? Listen, as you guys know, Zach and I, you know, we're not uh, – we're not doctors. We're, I mean, even Nick Kendall, he's, he's got a uh, master's degree in, what is it, epi- epidemiology. He's got a background in it. He works in it every day. That's not what, what Zach and I, that's not our, our uh, level of expertise. However, what I can tell you is we're in uncharted territory. There's no way to know for sure. Nobody has a crystal ball, right? But my feeling is by the time we get to where are we? We're on the 19th of, of March now. I think by the time we get to this same day in April, the panic aspect of it is going to be in our rear view. People are going to be getting back to normal. However, it's still going to come at a cost. There's still going to be possibly millions of people who end up losing jobs in the United States because of the social distancing thing and states and federal governments mandating certain businesses close and whatnot. There are going to be some casualties. So I'm hopeful that by halfway through April, this could be behind us, but it just depends on where you're getting your information. Some, a lot of the stuff I've read has been positive today. There's some things brewing uh, from the federal government with the FDA on some possible, I know they're working on a, uh, on a vaccine, but some actual medications that could immediately mitigate the effects of COVID-19 and make it so that we're, you know, if you get, if you get sick with it, you take this pill, you're fine. So we'll see how it shakes out, but I'm hoping a month's time, Zach, this, the, the mo- majority of this can be in our rear view. I hope so as well. There's a lot of fear-mongering, I think, and panic being put out there, a lot of media dissemination. I, I'm personally hopeful it's not as dire as people are making it out to be, but we'll have to wait and see and just take precautions either way. Prepare for the worst, wash your hands, keep up basic hygiene, socially distance yourselves, and hopefully we can you know, overcome this as a whole. Jensen Jr. jumps in, $5 donation. Thank you, brother. He says, awesome last name, Chad. LOL. I would like to know how we are going to cover Travis Kelsey. He is our biggest problem every time we play the Chiefs. You know, Jensen, the problem is that's the the million-dollar question for all 31 teams not named the Kansas City Chiefs. Does Travis Kelsey ever get shut down? I mean, I can't think of the last time he really got shut down, especially when you've got such a dynamic thrower of the football and a playmaker at the quarterback position as Patrick Mahomes. So the Broncos are going to have to come up with an answer. What I'll tell you is Vic Fangio, I think his scheme was a lot better in terms of limiting tight ends because, as we all know, in the man coverage 3-4 uh, scheme that that uh, press man – type of coverage that Wade Phillips brought in 2015 and Joe Woods kept and Vance Joseph kept tight end was always the Achilles heel. And it wasn't quite that way last year with Vic Fangio, even though Travis Kelsey still found a way to eat. I honestly don't know what the answer is, Jensen, other than maybe getting a guy like, um, like Isaiah Simmons in the draft. He's going to get his, though. I mean, Travis Kelsey is just the best tight end in the game, and he's always going to get his yards. It's just a matter of limiting those yards and limiting that damage, and the Broncos have the scheme with Fangio. They have Justin Simmons. They have A.J. Johnson. They can bracket him. I mean, they will find a way to contain him. I don't know about stopping him. That's a pretty tall task. The Fredzilla on Super Chat. Fire (laughs) LA, hire Zach. Ready and waiting. Hey, you take that salary, right, and the benefits. Yeah, look out, John. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Deshaun jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you for the donation, my friend. That yes. uh, means the world to us. All right, guys, this is the Mile High Mailbag, so we're going to 
make sure we don't miss any of our super chats here, but we're running out of time. So let's grab Justin who jumped back in. He says, love the hoodie, super comfortable. My girl is already trying to steal it. LOL. Got to get her one now. You think Flacco tripped over his ego, <clears throat> excuse me, on the way out? <laughs> Probably, Zach. Probably, yeah. If he can move his feet and shuffle his feet fast enough, we don't know. Grab this one, Zach. I'm going to check YouTube real quick and make sure we didn't miss anybody. All right, Justin wants to know $10 donation. Thank you a Thanks, lot, bro. Justin. We very much appreciate that. He says, this pandemic has me working late, so I've been under a rock for this free agency. Can you give me the inside scoop for the less headline signings? Did they sign Bosby or Wolf yet? Cap left. They did not sign, they did not sign Derek Wolf. They re-signed Devontae Bosby for a lower salary. Cap, what was it, Chad? What was the number that you had before? On Bosby? On the cap left. Oh, on the cap, $23 million. Yeah, so that's where they're sitting right now. And they just released Flacco. That's uh, I don't know if you kept up any of the signings. I don't know if you want to go over them one by one like we yeah, did earlier in the show. I would just say, Justin, listen back to the pod since we're so late in the in this particular episode. But we we went through every transaction the Broncos have made as far as incoming. And and we graded the Andy Janovich trade as well. It's just So when this is over, just rewind and check that out. But we are current, so that's good. Deshaun, we grabbed you. Appreciate you, bro. Let's see here. We're running out of time. Oh, my friend Dale jumps in. Wow. Super chat, 25 bucks. You are the man, Dale. Thank you so much. He says, Elway is going to bring in someone who impacts as much as possible, but at a minimum starts day one. This has been his mantra. That being said, what player do you see coming in day one and for sure takes a starting role? I'm not sure if you're asking my friend that as someone who hasn't been signed, I think up to this point, with the exception of Jeff Driscoll, every player the Broncos have acquired, whether it be trade or re-signings or signings, is projected currently to be a starter. That includes Mike Purcell. That includes Elijah Wilkinson. That includes um, Graham Glasgow, obviously. That includes everyone they've, they've brought in, Jarrell Casey. So anyone on the outside, that, I mean, I'm trying to think, value guys, That's hard to say. I'd have to give that one more thought, Dale, than being able to answer that one in in the moment like that if, in terms of an outside guy. Zach, you got anyone? Maybe I'm misinterpreting the question, but if they bring in a Mukamara, he would it, it be an impact player from day one. Maybe not a starting player, but definitely significant snaps. And if you're talking about the players already brought in, they're going to make the biggest impact. That's Jarrell Casey. I mean, you're going to put him in that Vic Fangio defense right smack dab in the middle. He is going to make plays from the opening whistle. Broncos fans, if you don't love him already, you're going to love and adore Jarrell Casey. Yeah, and that's c completely true, though, too, Dale, is that, you know, John Elway, in terms of free agency, he's made some big A-list blockbuster acquisitions from Peyton Manning to DeMarcus Ware to Aqib Tlaib. You, you name it, you can go down the list. But arguably, he's been just as good at the second and third wave finding guys that go on to not only be starters, as you talk about, but in some cases, in many cases, pro bowlers. So that's his uh, that's his specialty. Cottonmouth, 78, $5 donation. Appreciate Thank you, brother. says, do you guys think the Broncos will make a play for Todd Gurley? We talked about it earlier in the show in case you might have missed it, but I we, we really don't see that happening. He's not a pass catcher, and if you're looking for an addition right now in the running back stable for Pat Shermer, you need a guy who can catch passes. God, I hope it doesn't happen. I really do. Same here. And, Edward, thanks again, bro. You know we love you. Yes. We appreciate you. All right, let me make sure James jumping in one last time. Kelsey and Gronk both got locked down by T.J. Ward. I don't know about lockdown, James. There were a couple games there where, especially against the Chiefs, where uh, where they ate a little bit. And especially if you go back to the AFC Championship game in the 2015 season, 
They limited Gronk pretty solidly, but late in that game, they just couldn't contain him. That final drive the Patriots had, I don't know if you guys can remember back. It's been a, it's been a minute now. But that final drive, Tom Brady had that 30-yard bomb down the right seam on fourth and 10 or fourth and whatever. It was fourth and a mile. And he hits him in double coverage. And then, of course, he catches the touchdown a play or two later. And then on the two-point conversion, they pressure Brady, rolls to the right, throws it, tip, picked off by Roby. Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. So that was a little trip down memory lane. But T.J. Ward, in those two years when he was really popping, I'm talking 2014 and 2015, I'll even throw in 2016, that three-year window, Zach, he was a Pro Bowl, All-Pro player for this team. And then it's just that recency bias where Broncos fans forget how bad he was in his last year. So, I mean, he was a good player in the in the beginning, but he kind of wore down as time went on. They just need that type of center fielder, though, and I think they have that in Justin Simmons now. Like I talked about, bracketing a tight end like Gronkowski or Kelsey or anyone in the NFL with a safety and a linebacker I think is the best way in a Vic Fangio defense to contain them. <laughs> Love it, Kathy. The answer to Kelsey is to pancake his ass, then he's done for the season. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, guys. Listen, you guys have made this an enjoyable as always Mile High Mailbag for Zach and I, for your football priest. We appreciate each and every one of you for joining us. It's a Mile High salute to each and every Super Chat superstar that chipped in today and is helping to support the channel, supporting the show. It all goes a long way. It all We can stretch that a long way. So we appreciate you guys. Here's what happens next. Zach and I are off, of course, tomorrow is Friday. We're off. But uh, Eric Trickle and the Dove Valley Deep Divers will be doing a pod. I think Lance is out of commission for Friday and Saturday's show. I'm doing one of them. I think it's Saturday. I think I'm going to join Eric on his episode Saturday because Lance is tied up. So you guys will get a chance to at least hear from me. Zach, if you're not doing anything, I'm sure Eric would want you to have, you know, invite you on as well. So we'll yeah. see how what Saturday brings. But otherwise, that's awesome, Justin. Thank I have you. the Blu-ray, by the way. I still watch that, too, every once in a blue moon. Um, but otherwise, Zach and I will be back in the saddle with a full Huddle Up podcast episode for you live Sunday night, 6.15 Mountain, 8.15 Eastern. And until then, stay safe. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. And, Zach, have a great weekend, bro. You, too, everyone out there. Uh, practice social distancing, and we can get through this uh, pandemic together. So we'll see you guys Sunday. We'll get through it. Much love to each and every one of you. Shout out. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you Sunday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.